Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link on the drop-down, read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's an option option to subscribe for a daily excellent email that includes both the reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 29, The Awakening, with Section 4, God's Witnesses, and Section 5, Dream Rolls. God's Witnesses and Dream Rolls. We're also mindful of our lesson today. The gift of Christ is all is all I seek today. It's lesson 306. And <clears throat> I was directed uh, pretty clearly to this to this poem for opening this morning. And in fact, it was so clear it just took me a while to find it. But anyway, it's a poem from John of the Cross, St. John of the Cross, who knew a lot about waiting. And the poem is called Development. Once I said to God, how do you teach us? And he replied, if you were playing chess with someone who had infinite power and infinite knowledge and wanted to make you a master of the game, where would all the chess pieces be at any moment? Indeed, not only where he wanted them, but where all were best for your development. And that is every situation in one's life. The gift of Christ is all I seek today. Amen. Amen. Good, thank you. Thank you so much. That was what my Lord said to me. <laughs> How beautiful. Okie dokie. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Fran. Oopsie. Jennifer is at the top there. I'm sorry. Jennifer. Then Fran. Harrison. Karen. And Charles. We were joined in listening this morning by Ida and Jessica. Has anyone else come along that would like to be on the reading list or just say hi? This is Lemoyne. I can read. Good morning, Lemoyne. And is that you, Judy? Yes, Jude's mixed up on mute and non mute. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you like to read, hon? No, thank you. I'll be listening for a while. Thank you. All righty. Great. Anyone else cares to say good morning? Good morning. Sorry, it's Renee. Oh, hi, Renee. Hi. All righty. Good to see you. Okay, doke. So here we are in Chapter 29, The Awakening, 
today at section four God's witnesses and we'll begin at paragraph 20 condemn your Savior not because he thinks he is a body for beyond his dreams is his reality but he must learn he is a Savior first before he can remember what he is and he must save who would be saved on saving you depends his happiness for who is Savior but the one who gives salvation thus he learns it must be his to give and unless he gives he will not know he has for giving is the proof of having only those who think that God is lessened by their strength could fail to understand that this must be so for who could give unless he has and who could lose by giving what must be increased thereby Jennifer chapter 29 the awakening or God's witnesses condemn your Savior not because he thinks he is a body for beyond his dreams is his reality but he must learn he is a savior first before he can remember what he is and he must save who would be saved on saving you depends his happiness for who is savior but the one who gives salvation thus he learns it must be his to give unless he gives he will not know he has forgiving is the proof of having only those who think that God is lessened by their strength who fail to understand this must be so for who could give unless he has and who could lose by giving what must be increased thereby 21 think you the father lost himself when he created you was he made weak because he shared his love was he made incomplete by your perfection or are you the proof that he is perfect and complete deny him not his witness in the dream his son prefers to his reality he must be savior from the dream he made that he be free of it he must see someone else as not a body one with him without the wall the world has built to keep apart all living things who know not that they live within the dream of bodies and of death is yet one theme of truth no more perhaps than just a tiny spark a space of light created in the dark where God still shines Thank you, Jennifer. And Fran. 
21. Think you the Father lost himself when he created you? Was he made weak because he shared his love? Was he made incomplete by your perfection? Or are you the proof that he is perfect and complete? Deny him not his witness in the dream his son prefers to his reality. He must be savior from the dream he made, that he be free of it. He must see someone else as not a body, one with him, without the wall the world has built to keep apart all living things who know not that they live. Within the dream of bodies and of death is yet one theme of truth, no more, perhaps than just a tiny spark, a space of light created in the dark where God still shines. 22. You cannot wake yourself, yet you can let yourself be wakened. You can overlook your brother's dreams. So perfectly can you forgive him his illusions. He becomes your savior from your dreams. And as you see him shining in the space of light where God abides within the darkness, you will see that God himself is where his body is. Before this light, the body disappears as heavy shadows must give way to light. The darkness cannot choose that it remain. The coming of the light means it is gone. In glory will you see your brother then and understand what really fills the gap so long perceived as keeping you apart. Thank you, Fran and Harrison. Twenty-two. You cannot wake yourself. Yet, you can let yourself be wakened. You can overlook your brother's dreams. So perfectly can you forgive him his illusions. He becomes your savior from your dreams. And as you see him shining in the space of light where God abides within the darkness, you will see that God himself is where his body is. Before this light, the body disappears as heavy shadows must give way to light. The darkness cannot choose that it remains. The coming of the light means it is God. In glory will you see your brother then and understand what really fills the gap so long perceived as keeping you apart. 23. There in its place God's witness has set forth the gentle way of kindness to God's Son, whom you forgive is given power to forgive you your illusions. By your gift of freedom is it given unto you. 
make way for love, which you did not create, but which you can extend. On earth, this means forgive your brother, that the darkness may be lifted from your mind. When light has come to him through your forgiveness, he will not forget his Savior, leaving him unsaved. For it was in your face he saw the light that he would keep beside him as he walks through darkness to the everlasting light. Thank you, Harrison. Um, and Karen. 23. There in its place, God's witness has set forth the gentle way of kindness to God's Son. Whom you forgive is given power to forgive you your illusions. By your gift of freedom is it given unto you. Make way for love, which you did not create, but which you can extend. On earth, this means forgive your brother that the darkness may be lifted from your mind. When light has come to him through your forgiveness, he will not forget his Savior, leaving him unsaved. For it was in your face he saw the light that he would keep beside him as he walks through darkness to the everlasting light. 24. How holy are you that the Son of God can be your Savior in the midst of dreams of desolation and disaster. See how eagerly he comes and steps inside from heavy shadows that have hidden him and shines on you in gratitude and love. He is himself, but not himself alone. And as his father lost not part of him in your creation, Though the light in him is brighter still, because you gave your light to him to save him from the dark. And now the light in you must be as bright as shines in him. This is the spark that shines within the dream, that you can help him waken and be sure his waking eyes will rest on you. And in his glad salvation, you Thank you, Karen. And uh, Charles, if you'd like to finish paragraph 24 and then roll right into dream rolls, please. Thank you. Okay. 24. How holy are you that the Son of God can be your Savior in the midst of dreams of desolation and disaster. See how eagerly he comes and steps aside from heavy shadows that have hidden him and shines on you in gratitude and love. 
He is himself. But not himself alone. And as his Father lost not part of him in your creation, so the light in him is brighter. Still because you gave your light to him to save him from the dark, now the light in you must be as bright as shines in him. This is the spark that shines within the dream that you can help him waken and be sure his wakening eyes will rest on you. And in his glad salvation, you are saved. Section 4. Dream Rolls. Paragraph 25. Do you believe that truth can be but some illusions? They are dreams because they are not true. Their equal lack of truth becomes the basis for the miracle. Which means that you have understood that dreams are dreams. And that escape depends not on the dream, but only on awakening. Could it be some dreams are kept and others wakened from? The choice is not between which dream to keep, but only if you want to live in dreams or awaken from them. Thus, if the miracle does not select some dreams to leave untouched by its beneficence, you cannot dream some dreams and wake from some, for you are either sleeping or awake, and dreaming goes with only one of these. Thank you. Thank you, Charles uh, and Lemoyne. Chapter 29, The Awakening. Section 5, Dream World. Do you believe that truth can be but some illusion? They are dreams because they are not true. Their equal lack of truth becomes the basis for the miracle, which means that you have understood that dreams are dreams and that escape depends not on the dream, but only on the waking. Could it be some dreams are kept and others wakened from? The choice is not between which dreams to keep, but only if you want to live in dreams or to awaken from them. Thus, it is the miracle does not select some dreams to leave untouched by its beneficence. You cannot dream some dreams and wake from some, for you are either sleeping or awake, and dreaming goes with only one of these. The dreams you think you like would hold you back as much as those in which the fear is seen. 
For every dream is but a dream of fear, no matter what the form it seems to take. The fear is seen within, without, or both. Or it can be disguised in pleasant form. But it, but never is it absent from the dream, for fear is the material of dreams from which they all are made. Their form can change, but they cannot be made of something else. The miracle were treacherous indeed if it allowed you still to be afraid because you did not recognize the fear. You would not then be willing to awake for which the miracle prepares the way. Thank you, Lemoyne. And would there be a new reader for 26 and 27? I'm ready. Thanks, June. Thank you, Lori. The dreams you think you like would hold you back as much as those in which the fear is seen. For every dream is but a dream of fear, no matter what the form it seems to take. The fear is seen within, without, or both, or it can be disguised in pleasant form. But never is it absent from the dream, for fear is the material of dreams from which they are, they all are made, from which they all are made. <coughs> Excuse me. Their form can change, but they cannot be made of something else. The miracle were treacherous indeed if it allowed you still to be afraid because you didn't recognize the fear. You would not then be willing to awake, for which the miracle prepares the way. In simplest form, it can be said, attack is a response to function unfulfilled as you perceive the function. It can be in you or someone else, but where it is perceived, it will be there. It is attacked. Depression or assault must be the theme of every dream, for they are made of fear. The thin disguise of pleasure and of joy in which they may be wrapped but slightly veils the heavy lump of fear which is their core. And it is this the miracle perceives and not the wrappings in which it is bound. So important. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 27 and 28? This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. 27. In simplest form, it can be said attack is a response to function unfulfilled as you perceive the function. It can be in you or someone else, but where it is perceived, it will be there. It is attacked. Depression or assault must be the theme of every dream. 
for they are made of fear. The thin disguise of pleasure and of joy in which they may be wrapped but slightly veils the heavy lump of fear which is their core. And it is this the miracle perceives and not the wrappings in which it is bound. 28. When you are angry, is it not because someone has failed to fill the function you allotted him? And does not this become the reason you attack, your attack is justified? The dreams you think you like are those in which the functions have been given, have given, have been filled. The needs which you ascribe to you are met. It does not matter if they be fulfilled or merely wanted. It is the idea that they exist from which the fear arises. Dreams are not wanted more or less. They are desired or not. And each one represents some function which you have assigned, some goal which an event or body or a thing should represent and should achieve for you. If it succeeds, you think you like the dream. If it should fail, you think the dream is sad. But whether it succeeds or fails is not its core, but just the flimsy coverings. Thank you, Sandra. Well, let's see, is there another new reader then for 28 and 29? All right, back to you, Jennifer. Okay. When you are angry, is it not because someone has failed to fill the function you alloyed him? And does not this become the quote-unquote reason your attack is justified? The dreams you think you like are those in which the functions you have given have been filled. <laughs> the needs which you ascribe to you are met. It does not matter if they be fulfilled or merely wanted. It is the idea that they exist from which the fears arise. Dreams are not wanted more or less. They are desired or not. And each one represents some function which you have assigned, some goal which an event or a body or a thing should represent and should achieve for you. If it succeeds, you think you like the dream. If it should fail, you think the dream is sad. But whether it succeeds or fails is not its core, but just the flimsy covering. 29. How happy would your dreams become if you were not the one who gave the quote-unquote proper role 
to every figure which the dream contains. No one can fail but your idea of him. And there is no betrayal but of this. The core of dreams the Holy Spirit gives is never one of fear. The coverings may not appear to change, but what they mean has changed because they cover something else. Perceptions are determined by their purpose and that they seem to be what they are for. A shadow figure who attacks becomes a brother giving you a chance to help if this becomes the function of the dream. And dreams of sadness thus are turned to joy. Thank you, Jennifer. And Fran. 29. How happy would your dreams become if you were not the one who gave the quote-unquote proper role to every figure which the dream contains? No one can fail but your idea of him, and there is no betrayal but of this. The core of dreams the Holy Spirit gives is never one of fear. The coverings may not appear to change, but what they mean has changed because they cover something else. Perceptions are determined by their purpose in that they seem to be what they are for. A shadow figure who attacks becomes a brother, giving you a chance to help if this becomes the function of the dream. And dreams of sadness thus are turned to joy. 30. What is your brother for? You do not know because your function is obscure to you. Do not ascribe a role to him which you imagine would bring happiness to you. And do not try to hurt him when he fails to take the part which you assign to him in what you dream your life was meant to be. He asks for help in every dream he has. And you have help, and you have help to give him if you see the function of the dream as he perceives his function who can utilize all dreams as means to serve the function given him. Because he loves the dreamer, not the dream, each dream becomes an offering of love. For at its center is his love for you, which lights forever form it takes with love. Thank you, Fran. And is there an... We're at that place where I ask Harrison to read. I'm sorry. Thank you. If there's a new reader who would like to read it, that's fine. Uh, I think everyone's had a chance to read yours then. Okay. 30. What is your brother for? You do not know because your function is obscured to you. Do not ascribe a role to him which you imagine would bring happiness to you. And do not try to hurt him when he fails to take 
the part which you assign to him and what you dream your life was meant to be? He asks for help in every dream he has, and you have help to give him. If you see the function of the dream as he, capital H, perceives its function, who, capital W, can utilize all dreams as means to, to serve the function given capital H, him, for he, capital H, loves the dreamer, not the dream. Each dream becomes an offering of love, for at its center is capital H, his love for you, which like whatever form it takes with love. Thank you, Harrison. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. <clears throat> um, let's see here. I think I'm going to just touch a couple of places by way of summary. The first is in paragraph 23, no, 22, in God's Witnesses. You cannot wake yourself, yet you can let yourself be wakened. You can overlook your brother's dreams. So perfectly can you forgive him his illusions. He becomes your savior from your dreams. Oh boy. And in 23, whom you forgive is given power to forgive you your illusions. By your gift of freedom, it is given unto you. Make way for love which you did not create but which you can extend on earth. This means forgive your brother that the darkness may be lifted from your mind. And in dream roles, that first paragraph 25, the choice is not between which dreams to keep, but only if you want to live in dreams or to awaken from them. Thus it is the miracle does not select some dreams to leave untouched by its beneficence. You cannot dream some dreams and wait for some, for you are either sleeping or awake. And dreaming only dreaming goes with only one of these. And twenty six. Every dream is but a dream of fear. Fear is the material of dreams from which they are all made. Their form can change, but they cannot be made of something else. And the miracle were treacherous indeed if it allowed you still to be afraid because <clears throat> you did not recognize the fear. You would not then be willing to wake, for which the miracle prepares the way. In the simplest form, it can be said attack is a response to function unfulfilled as you perceive the function. 
And in 28, dreams are not wanted more or less, they are desired or not. And each one represents some function which you have assigned, some goal which an event or a body or a thing should represent and should achieve for you. How happy would your dreams become if you were not the one who gave the so-called proper role to every figure in which the dream which the dream contains. No one can fail but your idea of him. And there is no betrayal but of this. What is your brother for? You do not know because your function is obscure to you. Do not ascribe a role to him which you imagine would bring happiness to you. And do not try to hurt him when he fails to take the part which you assigned to him in what your dream of life was meant to be. He asks for help in every dream he has, and you have helped to give him if you see the function of the dream as he perceives its function. Who can utilize all dreams as means to serve the function given him because he loves the dreamer, not the dream. Each dream becomes an offering of love, for at its center is his love for you, which lights whatever form it takes with love. My goodness sakes. And this is the gift of Christ I seek today. So <clears throat> let's take our holy pause here, just a couple minutes before the top of the hour and reflect on the second coming and the gift of Christ is all I seek today. Once again, Fran, you have our gratitude for getting us off the ground here this morning. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Laurie. <clears throat> Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook and the theme that we're still on is what is the second coming? Today's lesson is Lesson 306. The gift of Christ is all I seek today. Sasha will read some from What is the Second Coming and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. Okay, what is the Second Coming? Christ's Second Coming, which is sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. It is the all-inclusive nature of Christ's second coming that permits it to embrace the world and hold you safe within its general advent. There is no end to the release the second coming brings, as God's creation must be limitless. Forgiveness lights the second coming's way because it shines on everyone as one. The second coming ends the lessons which the Holy Spirit teaches, making way for the last judgment. The second coming is the time in which all minds are given to the hands of Christ to be returned to spirit in the name of true creation and the will of God. The second coming is the one event in time which time itself cannot affect. Pray that this second coming will be soon. But do not rest with that. 
It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. It needs your voice. But most of all, it needs your willingness. And we'll go over to the lesson now. Lesson 306. The gift of Christ is all I seek today. What but Christ's vision would I use today when it can offer me a day in which I see a world so like to heaven that an ancient memory returns to me? Today, I can forget the world I made. Today, I can go past all fear and be restored to love and holiness and peace. Today, I am redeemed and born anew into a world of mercy and of care, of loving kindness and the peace of God. And so, our Father, we return to you, remembering we never went away, remembering your holy gifts to us. In gratitude and thankfulness, we come with empty hands and open hearts and minds, asking but what you give. We cannot make an offering sufficient for your son, but in your love, the gift of Christ is his. Lesson 306, the gift of Christ is all I seek today. Five minutes.
Lesson 306, The Gift of Christ is All I Seek Today. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Fran. Amen. Thanks, Fran. Great job, as usual. Oh, thank you. Thank Thank you, Fran. Much blessings, Joe. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. I love the way he says today so many times in this one, and it makes me believe that for me today is the day. Today I can forget the world I made. Today I can go past all fear and be restored to love and holiness and peace. Today I am redeemed and born anew into a world of mercy and of care. I love it. I'm complete. Amen, Fran. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank lot, you, Fran. It's a lot, it's a lot nicer than saying, uh, take no thought for tomorrow. <laughs> for today is sufficient enough. <laughs> Thanks, Fran. The gift, the gift of Christ, the final gift of salvation. We're swimming in a sea of grace, holy and blessed. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy.
Good morning, dear ones. Uh, I thought I'd share what this reading brought to me this morning was the idea of when I was young. The ideas of what other people thought of me were important to me. The ideas my parents had of me, the ideas my teacher had of me, all the ideas that were important to me. Then there was always ideas I did not like, I resisted and pushed back on. So it was like a push and pull with ideas that I have arranged within me of what a good life is and what not a good life is. And all these ideas really distanced me from other people and made me feel alone because no one could live up to the ideas I would hold of them because my ideas were so unrealistic in nature. But when I truly shared with people and had a good time and fun and enjoyed and laughter, I had no ideas to them. I was just there having fun and enjoying the moment and really being there fully and present and alive and being real and genuine and open and free. And, but I didn't realize that was what forgiveness is. Because soon these ideas came back again. And soon I thought how important these ideas are. As I grew older in the world of competition and sharing of ideas and what ideas work better than other ideas and how life would be better if I went to university and learned all these wonderful ideas in ways that would make for a better life, for a better me. And I realized I was hiding, hiding behind ideas, both good and bad. And finally, the Course of Miracles dropped in my lap. I started reading that. And I started understanding, but I still didn't quite get the idea that ideas were my thinking mind was my problem. When I think I know, I only hurt myself and I hurt my brothers and sisters. I really didn't come to realize until I understood what stillness and quietness, quietness of the mind, actually being present with each other and just feeling our shared love, one greater love that we share together as one. That voice that came from that love we shared together was an intelligence far beyond anything I could think of. And then I started seeing this intelligence in everything I see. And this divine principle operating all around me. Then I realized the splendor 
of what true relationship is, is recognizing that divine relationship we share together as one. And how their voice became music to my ears and heart-filled songs they sung. I dropped my ideas of what's right and wrong and held them closely and thank God for them for sharing their presence regardless of the ideas they share. Their presence became more important than the ideas. And I started to understand what Christ's love is all about. Christ is the light in which we shine with. Christ is the light in which we bless with. Christ is the light in which we truly see with. And I give thanks for that. And I'm still working on letting go of ideas that I hold and understandings I have which I hide behind. But I'm slowly letting those things go, and I do appreciate the time I have here in order to experience that. With that, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. <clears throat> Thank you, Charles. Gift of Christ. Thank you, Charles. Thank you so much. That was really good. Oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And I just have a few comments this morning, although I feel feel full as full can be. Um, There's a real gift in the Course in Miracles uh, in that it doesn't change year by year by year, but uh, something in me does so that I see a little bit more and a little bit more and uh, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. I've, I've noticed uh, in my book, you know, I would I would not trade this edition for anything because over successive years I've marked it with different colors, different lines, different colored lines, different stars and asterisks and hearts and paragraphs and parentheses and, and what have you. And it, it seems like every mark I make represents. Uh, a different me every year that goes through this book. Um, But as regards this section today, uh, what I wanted to say is uh, most meaningful to me this year. In Lesson 306, the gift of Christ is all I seek today. Uh, I used to look at that lesson and ask myself, what is the gift of Christ? Then what is Christ? Then what am I in relation to Christ? Then seek. Oh my gosh, that's all all I want. Haven't I found yet? Um, this year, the lesson is asking me to recognize the word all. The gift of Christ is all I seek today. Nothing else. 
just that. No other anything, just that. And I've talked before about that dream that I had early going, that it was just I am Christ in a boat of love on a sea of love. And he at the rudder and wind in the sails and I at the mast with profound awareness I need to do nothing. Over the years, we've gotten to where we talk more and more about the gift of Christ or Christ consciousness or Christ awareness. And um, and whether we've talked about it more or it's there more or we see it more, I'm, I'm not certain which, but I've noticed in myself, um, in my relation to Christ in the dream, there's something in me that would like to keep my friend Jesus at the rudder and in the sail in a body. If I, you know, if I have to, if I have to assume um, a different relationship with my Jesus in a body, I don't know what that relationship is. You know, there's there's a resistance uh, in me that says my Jesus has to be my Jesus that I know. Um, who talks to me through the Course of Miracles because that's the nature of our relationship. There's some natural resistance that says um, it's impossible for me to be him or him to be me, you know? And I don't understand the nature of that resistance, but it's hinted at in this work. And where I found the, the hint, there's so much in here that I know we'll touch on as we each think about these paragraphs in relationship to ourselves. Um, but I noticed something this year that gave me a hint. And that was in paragraph 26 of Dream Rolls. The dreams you think you like would hold you back as much as those in, in which the fear is seen. You know? dreams you think your life everything is going swimmingly and, and I'm having no problems with forgiveness and my days are melting one into the other and I'm tending my garden at all as well but then uh, something comes along that rocks my boat you know um, something always comes along that rocks my boat that's why I like today's opening development where would all the pieces be on this great check chessboard except for where they were best for your development so something comes along it comes along for all of us it does something always comes to rock the boat and the tendency of the dreamer is to say oh this shouldn't be happening this should not be happening in my version of the dream and that's why these two sections together I call the healing of the shoulds. We all have this version of what should be going on, what should be happening, what should Christ gives me to me, what should uh, be happening as a translation of this material into my life, what should be happening with me. Uh, and my awareness what should 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 and what he wants me to know is that every dream every conceivable 
situations that I say this should not be happening this should not be is the gift of life to heal me of my idea of should that's what forgiveness is my healing of my idea of should that's what waking up is my healing of my idea of should there's a dream of life my father has and that dream of life is that we all recognize we come from love and we are love and love is the nature of creation that's my father's dream my version has a lot of shoulds in it how love should look and what I realized today and this is what I want to end with the miracle were treacherous indeed if it allowed you still to be afraid because you did not recognize the fear we're told in this work that we're blind we're blind to the things we fear and because we fear them we place them in our subconscious as hidden material it's only hidden to my mind you see this hidden material whatever it is it's only hidden to my mind but every dream uh, that I enter into in this life every situation every problem every event every person every everything can be used by Holy Spirit to wake me from my dream of fear I, I dream of fear I, I'm blind to the dream I fear you see just like I'm blind to I want to keep my Jesus in a body so that I can remain in a body I didn't I that doesn't mesh that idea doesn't mesh but there's something there Holy Spirit wants to wake me up from and the dream were treacherous indeed of the miracle not touch my hidden fears that's why all things are lessons God would have me learn that's why all things are healing of my version of should that's why all things serve the Holy Spirit's purpose of waking me from my dream of fear especially those dreams I don't know that I fear and we're all blind to what we fear it's um, it's it's our built-in self-protective mechanism to take the material we fear and put it somewhere else and then life happens and rocks the boat and I can choose to run from resist cover over attack or condemn my dreams but in truth every dream of fear contains within it a miracle of love and when I can welcome life when I can welcome the most simple of situations and I always learn from the really simple ones the really simple situations that there's a blessing here to give and receive versus an attack for me to share or a condemnation for me to hold when I welcome life like that what I'm saying to my Holy Spirit is thank you for waking me my brother's purpose is that I can wake into the purpose of love and that's all I seek today 
I don't have any other goals. So that's my take on these two sections today's lesson, and I'm really glad that um, that it keeps on giving. I'm complete. <laughs> Oh, thank, thank you, you Lori. Thank you, Lori. That was Ms. really tough. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Thanks. Yeah, Lori, that was really great. I put it in the border of my book that the one, um, what paragraph is it here? It's right in the beginning. Wait a second. I got so much writing in here. In the first paragraph of God's Witnesses, condemn your Savior not because he thinks he is a body, for beyond his dreams is his reality. But he must learn he is a Savior first before he can remember what he is, and he must save who would be saved. On saying you depend, on saving you depend his happiness. For who is Savior but the one who gives salvation, and he learns it must be his to give. And unless he gives it, he will not know he has. For giving is the proof of having. <laughs> who am I talking about except me? You know, I mean, it's... And then that, um, the line, or the paragraph on 29, where it talks about how happy would your dreams become if you were not the one who gave the proper, quote-unquote, proper role to every figure in which the dream contains. You know, this is talking about me. I'm, I've, I've assigned a role to myself, to Judy, Judy's body, her, her figure in this dream, and no one can fail but my idea of myself. And there is no betrayal but of this. And, you know, I mean, I can project dream figure roles on anybody outside of me, but first and foremost, I do this unto myself. And this is where the rubber meets the road for me, where um, the, the forgiveness and the, and the um, calling upon, <coughs> excuse me, God's gift to me, the, the vision gift that enables me to join with my, my true self and, and looking at myself and saying, you know, this is this is this is clearly what what's happening here, and you can see this if you want to see this, but you're the one that has to look at yourself. To your own self, be true. How are you making yourself miserable, lonely, and afraid? I have to look at these things, and you know, it's it the wonder and the joy of it, and the gladness of it. It's the release, the constant release from the fear in the dream. You know, I went to the doctors yesterday to talk to a surgeon about having a fibroma removed from my kidney. And, you know, I letting go of the roles and the, and the, um, the figures in the dream and who's playing what roles and, you know, what's going to, the outcomes are going to be. I mean, I, it was a two-hour ride driving down there, and I simply put, practice the lessons since we read, started reading the second coming of Christ. And, you know, what they are, I mean, you know, the, I, will, I will just see the face of Christ and, um, you know, Christ, 
Christ, Christ, Christ. I'm in four lessons on being Christ, which is the only part of my mind that's real. And really, what I and why I said that um, about the state of grace is because it's exactly how I felt. I felt so um, relieved of 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 worry and concern and even care, you know, that I will not intrude my world upon the face of Christ kept coming to me. And, you know, the world being Judy in a car driving to Portland two hours to go see a surgeon about surgery. And I'm like, I'm not going to let that intrude upon this, this ride. <laughs> and how wor- it worked on me and put, and, and this is where we can't, Express where word the states of mind there that are wordless, inexpressible, and um, hard to talk about because I can't tell you how wonderful I felt in my little joy bubble of a car going 70 miles an hour down the road. I mean, it was like I just was flying and I felt infinite, you know, but feeling infinite is like, how do you describe that? You know, it's, and I got there, and an angel of a man met me at the door, held the door, and rode in the elevator, and the light in his eyes was, like, radiant, and I got off on the wrong floor, <laughs> came back to the to the right floor, and met him again, and um, saw the surgeon, and he said, you don't need surgery, we'll just see you in another six months and I was like I was over the moon full of joy and but today again reading the text and coming together and acknowledging that all that's well and good it could have turned out completely differently um the outcome of my going to see the surgeon I mean but um the fear the fear his has left and it it could just be for the day for today and like Fran you said today is all that matters because I don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow and why should I live in fear thinking about something six months from now and this is the way the Judy figure the role she plays in the dream acts upon her state of mind and to be released in a state of grace and to live in a holy state of grace is so much higher and so much better that I wouldn't exchange it for anything. So um, this is really wonderful today that um, I'm holding fast and fixed um, and keeping my, my awareness in Christ, in the Christ mind, in, in the Buddha mind, Call it whatever you want. I don't. I've got. I've got an experience of it going on, and it's beyond words, and it's holy, and it's blessed, and I can feel the blessings radiating from a place in me where Judy ceases, and um, not ceases, but and this is the one last thing I want to say about it: that Judy merges into it and becomes a part of the wholeness and the completion of it. And, and gotten. It's different than Judy entering into an idea or a concept about it. 
Judy entering into a concept of wholeness or a concept of Christ, and Judy merges and, and disappears. And that's why I love that first paragraph, because Judy merges and disappears. The Christ in me takes over. <laughs> and that's when it really becomes wonderful and in a state of grace. And I got goosebumps, and that's enough out of me. Thank you for for bringing us together, Lemoyne and Lori, and everyone for being here with me. I love you all dearly. Thank you. Oh, love you too. That was great. Love you too there, Thank Judy. You, Judy. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. That's great, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning, Karen. Um, When I did this earlier, this reading and this lesson earlier this morning, I was just so, so blown away. Um, During the meditation on the gift of Christ, is uh, mine today. I thought of yesterday. I thought of the guest. The guest that we're inviting is the Christ. And in my meditation, it was very experiential, kind of like what Judy was just alluding to. It wasn't like my mental constructs about about something that I'm wrapping my mental uh, understanding around. It was experiential. It felt like there was a being of light that's inside me. And it, it didn't last, I have to be honest. It did not last. It was about five minutes worth of that, and it was before, earlier, before the call. But it was very experiential. It was like God is saying, I am laying all these gifts at your feet, but I need your hands. I need your... I need your feet, I need your willingness, I need your heart, I need your, your, I need you to drop the dream, the dream where you think you know what, what is best for you or what things mean, where your ego is interpreting the world. I need you to drop all of that and be empty so that Christ can step into you and that can be the guidance, the inner guidance that you'll accept. And then it said, Um, so I had this very strong experiential thing of the guest is the Christ. It's like the Christ living inside of me. And I just want to be empty and tell it, whatever you want to do, I'm happy to do. Just let, you know, anything you want. And then that whole section in the text about when we prove to ourselves that we have the gift by giving it away, we have to give it away to prove it to ourselves that it's ours to give. Um, that when we give, that's how it increases. So by seeing the light in my brother, by blessing my brother with the awareness that he is the Christ, I experience a fuller experience of myself as a Savior and a fuller experience of myself as that light. Because in order for me to give it, I have to have it. And then when he acknowledges that he's received, or even if he doesn't, of course, on some subtle level, um, that joining that happens makes 
the light and the Christ self stronger and bigger. And I loved the parts in the, in, you know, I had to step away my daughter's movie and I had to talk to her um, when, when the sharing first started. So I apologize if I'm repeating other people's shares because I had to step off the call for a few minutes. But, um, yeah, the dream. The, the dream of the world, the dreamer of the ego mind, everything is based on fear. Whether I like something or I don't like it, whether I want it or I don't want it, how I interpret it, everything is fear-based. And the bottom line is a foundation of confusion and chaos. There is no stability in that mind, that duality. It's, you know, it, it's a falsehood and we understand that, but it's, but even if it's like, oh, I want to, I want to become a, I don't know, a professional singer or something, you know, and then you, you set a goal and then you define everything around your likes, your dislikes, your goal, what you want. The alternative to that is letting the Holy Spirit define your goal. And the foundation and the, the bottom line of everything in the world is love. And the, it says in the reading that the, the covering won't change. What it looks like superficially won't change, but the meaning it has changes. All of the meanings that, that are associated with your life change because all you're here for is to let the Holy Spirit express through you. And, and there's no rote uh, formula for that either. I mean, that's a moment-by-moment holy instant experience. You know, it's really just the openness to the guidance, the inner guidance, the truth inside. You know, it's not like an ego formula that I can memorize this, and if I do it this way, then I'll be a spiritual person. Not that. It's not that. It's absolutely not that. It's, it's the openness and the surrender to everything, the meaning of everything being God's purpose, the purpose of the divine, the purpose of the, the, the light, and, and all those gifts that um, Christ has laid at our feet for us to use, they're for the service of helping our brothers awaken. And I thought, oh, you know, the world is so terrifying. Of course, it said that in the dream, everything is terrifying. But if we want to wake up and the meaning of everything changes, there's no fear. There's no fear. There's a safety and a trust. But God has a plan. You know, it's not, for, it's not my job to interpret it. And it's not my job to set my preferences. You know, I want this and I like this and I don't want that and I don't like that. It's not even my job to do that. It's just to meet every moment as empty as possible with the intention of the Christ flowing through me and God um, purifying me in the process because I know I still have a lot of obstacles. I still have a lot of distortions. I still have a lot of ego. One of my ego problems is my impatience. <laughs> you know, I, I want to go first. Like the little child in me, just you know, I want to go. I want to. I know that God is just saying, "Give this over. Give this over. Pay attention. Don't let that part operate you, but surrender it, forgive it, offer it to the divine." Um, I guess I said enough. I mean, there was so much more I could have said because it was just there were so many takeaways from the reading this morning.
Thank you very much for letting us hear on Oh, I'm delighted to hear every bit of that. Thank you, Karen. Of course, in you and Christ as you. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. <clears throat> this is Sandra. I really enjoy listening to your shares, Karen. It's such a shift. Um, how I applied this to myself is um, particularly what struck me and how I'm applying this was in paragraph 28. When you are angry, it is not because someone has failed to fill the function you allotted to him. And um, I have been angry <clears throat> because somebody who was a primary caregiver um, was extremely abusive. Um, I don't need to get into the details, but it's, you know, if you want to say that there's a victim, I guess I could have fit the role. Um, and I was angry about that because that shouldn't have been happening and I got the shoulds in there. You know, that it, it, something in me told me this should not be happening. Um, but it was a gift because... It taught me, it's, and it is still the gift, because I, the first step for me was I saw the innocence. This, this primary caregiver was mentally ill, and I saw that uh, this primary caregiver could not help what was happening and was doing the best that they could. Because um, I know myself in that I was, I'm, I was a primary caregiver too, and I made mistakes. And I have to forgive myself for it. And my hope is that, you know, I will be forgiven at this juncture that hasn't happened. But it's so wonderful because I still see the innocence. And that was the first step for me, was to see the innocence. But it's becoming so clear for me that I must forgive. Because forgiveness means I let it go. That it doesn't affect me any more, that there's no more anger. And I can honestly say, say I'm getting there. <laughs> I think that it's, it's true forgiveness when I can truly let it go and see the benefits. The benefits was that that primary caregiver made me extremely strong. But um, the anger issue is one that I have to really you know, look at because it, it comes out sideways. <laughs> Even when I'm expressing myself using these principles in, 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 uh, in this book, it can come out like anger. And um, I got to really be uh, very um, alert to that. And I, again, that's another gift that I got from experiencing what I experienced as a child is that I became very alert and that, you know, I, I can use that now to be alert when I feel that anger or that impatience, which for me also can look like anger. <laughs> so that's how I'm applying what I'm learning. And it's, you know, for me, the cutting edge is what is 
true forgiveness and what is you know what it what it is is when i truly forgive i have let it go it doesn't impact my life in any way shape or form anymore and i'm looking forward to that and i will keep putting one foot in front of the other until i get there i'm complete oh Oh, that was great thank Thank you you so much that really touched me deeply. Thank you so much. I would love to share. It's really inspiring to me, too, because I have the exact same caregiver in my childhood, and uh, I love the way you worded it. Thank you. Amen. And prime prime caregiver touches me deeply because... I'm the one who I see myself as one who has been a failure as a primary caregiver because of my life and my sickness within me, of me seeking my own ideas in life and ignoring the primary caregiving that was given to me. Then I've come to realize as my age came, the primary caregiver is God, God's love, and the Christ of God. And as I shared that love, and I shared that love with those whom I was a primary giver to, then I felt a true forgiveness coming back to me from them, knowing that life is the primary giver of love and their lives turned out to be a blessing with many friends, wonderful children, wonderful ways of being, knowing that God is the true primary giver. And when I give them back to the Father, I give them back to the true primary caregiver. And I allow space for my healing to occur through forgiveness. And thank you for bringing that up. I'm complete. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks, Charles. I just loved you. Go ahead, Karen. No, go ahead. I loved you uh, mentioning, you know, that about the primary caregiver because that's another gift that I got was that my primary caregiver is God. (laughs) And once I took that off of, took that burden off of the, off of the primary caregiver who was abusive and and mentally ill, um, I, I began to really start to trust and rely on my relationship with God, which was, that's the solution to all our problems. So that was another gift that was received from having the failure of of the prime of the parent. So I, I don't think I need to worry about my failure as a parent with my children. Although I don't feel like a failure, I feel like I really gave them my very best shot and and, and I did okay with them. It's it's some of the trauma that they've experienced uh, aside from what I inflicted on them um, that they have to heal in order for them to, I think, come closer to me. 
Um, but it's another gift is to know that, that God is our, our primary caregiver. I trust and rely on God. And um, people, primary caregivers, children, they'll all disappoint me. That's their job because they're here to show me how to forgive. I'm complete. Oh, thank, thank you, Sandra. Sandra. Thank you. Charles, that thank was you, so... This really Charles, Charles, your share was really beautiful, and I just wanted to thank you for that, and thank you for sharing who you are and, you know, your own journey. I'm complete. Much love, Karen. Thank you, dear one. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm listening and appreciating so much and just not wanting to talk too much, but thank you. Oh, thanks, Jessica. I'm always glad when you're here. Yes. (laughs) I'm just going to, I want to read this line from Pierre. Paragraph 21, um, you know, sharing the chapter of the title in God's Witnesses, that part of the text, that we see each other as spirit and one mind united, one spirit, one mind united in a state of grace, to see, our, to see God's witness of that which is, necessitates using Christ's vision and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it, it asks in that paragraph, did God lose himself when he created us? Was he made weak because he shared his love? Was he made incomplete by our perfection? Or are we the proof that he is perfect and complete? This is important to me because Christ sees everyone as himself, the one self, perfect and complete and whole. And then the next line in the paragraph says, Deny him, capital him, deny God, not his witness in the dream. The dream his son prefers to his reality. He must be savior from the dream he made, that he be free of it. Now, if we keep, you know, validating our failures and other people's failures and the roles we perceive them as being in the dream, are we not sabotaging what the Course is teaching us? Am I not sabotaging what I'm trying to learn and, and experience? being one with my source. This is very important to me. I can't wake myself, but um, I can let myself be wakened. But I, I, I I do really completely and fully understand that it takes my cooperation, that I can't live in both because they're complete opposites. And one denies and does not witness to the other. So ergo, there I go. And I'm 
what's the word? <laughs> the capital word. I'll be still. The Christ to me is very still today. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Judy. I'm really glad you highlighted that paragraph. Thank you, Judy. That is so true. This is Jennifer. Your willingness, just a little bit of willingness, you know, um, to show up and um, I call, I kind of call it like a catch and release. Just being brave enough, especially when stakes are high or you're really scared, being brave enough just to stand there and feel and then be willing to release it back to God, everything. And then I can give the love that I am. And I can receive it because I've given that which isn't love away. So now there's room to receive, which is scary too. But then it's yet another opportunity for me to realize that I'm loved. I'm complete. Thank you, everybody, for your shares today. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. That was really sweet. And uh, thank you, Jessica, for telling us you were here so we could love you, even though you're not talking. And um, I was wondering, Lord, did I miss you? Did you already share? I it just so happened today I did, Karen. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you, you you can't imagine how delighted I was to hear yours, my dear, because it was such an echo of um, of places I highlighted. <laughs> You'll have to listen to the recording because it's like you said my okay. words. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I recommend you listen to the recording because it was really wonderful. <laughs> you know, somebody asked me one time um, on a different group, how do you know there's such a thing as Christ consciousness? And, you know, this is a real simple ob- observation. I'm sure every one of us can make it. But you think a thought uh, while you're on the call, you, you read a paragraph, you hear it read, you hear the lesson, a thought comes to you. And before you know it, someone else says that thought, you know. Um, can there be any better evidence than that that the mind we share is shared by all our brothers and as we see them truly they will be healed that's the promise that's made and it turns out that uh, my brother's healing is my healing and my healing is my brother's healing pretty soon we'll be in the manual for teachers and, and there's this question sort of toward the end of the list of questions it's how are healing and atonement related how are healing and atonement related and the answer is really simple they're not related they're identical um, because a miracle affects my mind only there's only one mind here and that's why giving and receiving or what in truth I'm always giving to myself you know and that's you know the ultimate realization 
but the delightful aspect of that ultimate realization he describes in chapter 4 when he says divine abstraction he says the ego's mind is not abstract at all it's very specific it decides who it's going to interact with and how who's accepted and who isn't who's welcome and who's not um, what can be accepted and what can't be accepted but he said your mind is naturally abstract the purpose of this course is to learn to discover uh, he says nothing can compare with the happy surprise of learning who you are and that's just a fact <laughs> but the purpose of the course is once learning who we are to uh, bring that realization into every situation in which we find ourselves and he said he describes it like this divine abstraction my naturally divine mind which is perfectly abstract divine abstraction takes joy in application in the section coming to pretty soon in the what am I uh, the fourth paragraph says and so once we have this realization we call to all our brothers to join us on this great journey we're taking uh, why because that's how we consummate our joy the giving and receiving are not complete until this circle of creation starts to turn like it's always been turning and every mind is awake to that circle of creation that extension of the love of God that my friends is creation and that's divine abstraction and the more I learn to share that um, in fact he says the gift is given the only purpose that it was given for is that it might be shared this awakening um, that's divine abstraction so um, you know what I think there's so many places I could close this call but I'm called so heartily to go with this one chapter 31 the Savior's vision he says you could not recognize your so-called evil thoughts as long as you see value in attack you will perceive them sometimes but will not see them as meaningless they can careful for the content still concealed to shake what your sorry concept of yourself darken it was still enough but here's the thing you cannot give yourself your innocence you're too confused about yourself but should one brother just one just one brother one brother one brother just one brother dawn upon your sight as worthy only worthy of forgiveness then your concept of yourself is wholly changed your evil thoughts have been forgiven with his because you let them all affect you not no longer did you choose that you should be a sign of evil and of guilt in him and as you gave your trust to what is good in him and this is what every brother's asking me trust me to be my real self in spite of how I appear as you give your trust to what is good in him you give it to the good in you 
cannot waken yourself. And that's why every brother becomes a gift of God's love to us. And that's why simply he said, as you do it unto the least of these, you do it also unto me. It's always been the truth. Um, so through each other, we learn to consummate our joy. And I'm so grateful for you all this call and, and all the gifts we offer to each other every morning. Thank you, everyone. And uh, have a marvelous